Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 99. We're almost there, Josh. We are almost to the 100 mark. And for those of you who may have missed it, 100th one is going to be a biggie because that's going to be when we go live on Facebook. So be sure to check back with us. We'll get you specifics on date and time. Uh, tentatively right now might be like next week at next Monday at 7, but we will put all the correct details on facebook and on various social media so that we keep you guys in the loop but yes starting next week the uncharted media podcast will be airing live um but josh how you doing this week i'm I'm making it man (laughs) i'm going on day 11 straight of work i'm i'm making it man I'm, I, I, it's, and yet somehow I was able to watch some movies these past week. So, but I am, I'm here. We're, we're doing. I'm sorry I missed last week. It's been a little crazy, but I missed you. So. Missed you too, man. It's, it's weird doing a show by yourself. But thankfully, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of like big breaking news. Um, I just feel bad that you had to watch Fantastic Four, off or not. Um, <laughs> but I mean. It could have been worse. It, it could have been fan stick. Yeah, that is true. I think the big thing too was, um, I don't think it was as bad as I thought it was going to be, and I, no. I, I didn't get a chance to really talk to you about it much. But like, yeah, like I don't mind the main character. I mean, okay, Chris Evans as Human Torch is obviously the the star of the show. Uh uh-uh. uh nope. Um, <laughs> somebody somebody didn't go back and listen to the episode because he was my number. Two or three, I think. He wasn't my favorite thing. Nathan, Nathan, when have I ever gone back and listened to episodes? It's true. <laughs> Guys, Josh doesn't do homework. Um, no, that's that's the uh, that's my niche, is no. not doing homework. No, Chris Evans, I remember him being the best thing, but watching it now yeah. as an adult, the best thing about Fantastic Four is actually Michael Chiklis is the thing. Okay. Like, I can, I, I'm done with that. He's giving 120% especially considering that suit is, I'm sure, super uncomfortable and not very good to work with. Um, But yeah, he's given the least amount, but makes the most of it. Um, Yeah, he's the best thing about it. It, This movie's not bad. It's just very early 2000s superhero movies. Like, people say it's bad. It's only going to get worse from there, really. (laughs) Like, Rise of Silver Surfer and Fan Forstick, but... but. yes. So with that in mind, then, what are you watching this week, my dude? I've been actually watching a crap ton of stuff, um, like a lot oh, yeah? of a lot of stuff that I want to get over. Um, so it's spooky season now. Well, for the rest of you normies, um, it's spooky season year round for me. But I've really been getting hard into the the horror sphere. But this year in particular, I wanted to watch some stuff that I had never seen before. So I have a whole long diatribe about uh, one movie in particular in a positive note. Um, but a couple of movies that I had never seen before or I had seen, but wasn't really watching because I was just playing around on my phone the whole time. Uh, the 1954 version of Phantom of the Opera with the Invisible Man's Claude Rains as the Phantom uh, was on oh, Peacock. Wow. That's pretty good. The actually, um, I don't, I believe it was originally in color because it's 1950s, um, but the colors in it 
for how old it is, still popped. And the picture quality, I was amazed by considering it was just HD. But the production value is really, really good. Um, it definitely deviates some from the original Phantom of the Opera mythos. Like, the Phantom has, like, no Chris- connection at all to Christine. He's just kind of a creeper, like, more so than usual, because... He hasn't taught her how to sing himself. He's like hired somebody to teach her to sing. And he's not a singer himself. He's a musician, like a composer that plays instruments. Um, but Claude Rains is fantastic. He's Invisible Man is my favorite universal monster. He's awesome in that. Um, he's really good in this. Also, the reveal when he takes off his mask, the makeup for that is outstanding for 1950s. Um, looks a lot better than some other Gerard Butler-related Phantom reveals. Um <laughs> As good as that one was, Heather and I enjoyed it. We had some issues. It felt very of its time of like the musical numbers were over the were a little too long, but then again, it's 1950s. Musicals were everywhere. And also this is the oddly specific, like old school trope of two guys competing for the affection of one girl. Who's it gonna be? Like that was kind of shoehorned in there when it was kind of weird, but overall yeah. wasn't bad. I can't say the same about a movie that I almost made a are five good things for next month, but then I was just like, I'm just going to watch it on my own. I don't care. I don't think we'll do it next month anyway. Luke Evans' Dracula Untold. Oh, thank you for sparing me. I actually have seen this movie before. Kind of. I rented it once and I watched it on my laptop, but within five minutes, I was just on my phone the entire time, so I don't remember a darn thing about this movie. So it's like I was watching it fresh. This movie sucks. Like, so bad. <laughs> like, Dracula is not my favorite monster, but he's up there. This just doesn't know the first thing about Dracula. And it's got such a good, interest, well, not good, but interesting cast, at least. Like, Luke Evans, you can't make Vlad the Impaler sympathetic. And also, Vlad the Impaler was the inspiration for Dracula. Vlad the Impaler himself was not actually Dracula. Um, there's also just a lot of weird choices that they make. Like, um, it made me notice a trend that I've always seen with Universal movies of whenever they try and reboot the Universal monsters, they always try and do it with whatever's popular at the time. Right now, it's shared cinematic universes, action movies. So, The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Action movie, more so than horror. This action more so than horror um but also it just like the mummy the main monster has weird powers that don't actually exist like so dracula can (laughs) dracula can turn into a bat not an army of bats like he becomes this like swarm of bats um but also he has this like game-breaking ability of it's implied in the final fight that he can, that Dracula can control the weather, so everything is overcast and cloudy, and I'm going, that's kind of game-breaking, because if Dracula can be damaged by the sunlight, and he can control if sunlight's even coming, then what's going to stop him in the first place? Did you not think this one through, guys? Um, Or just, like, his rationale of why he becomes Dracula. I'm like, um, you you have an army. You, You can probably defend yourself. There's subplots that are, like, picked up and never addressed again. Like, at the beginning, some uh, rival nation comes. It's just like, some of our scouts have gone missing. And Dracula's like, wasn't me, dude. And we never find out what happened to those scouts. I'm going, oh. Well, why would you? That's, that's just a weird dangling plot thread, but uh, okay. 
And then the end, it just, spoiler, it ends with it in modern time. And Charles Dance from Game of Thrones is going, let the games begin. Like, clearly sequel baiting. And I'm going, yeah, you ain't getting no sequel. Um, But I have one last one that I actually think I owe an apology to somebody. But before I get to that, Josh, I want to hear some of yours. What, what are some things that you've been watching? I know one in particular that you've been watching. Yes. Um, and I'll get there. However, you will get a huge kick out of this. Okay. Uh-oh. So it has been no secret to you. I've kind of said it on the pod a little bit that over the last few months, as a family, we've been going slowly going through the Star Wars movies chronologically in the Skywalker story. Okay. So that includes, uh, I mean, we, I threw Solo in there, but that includes Rogue, Rogue One and and uh, the two shows and stuff like that. So I've slowly been going, plotting through everything. So two weeks ago, we re- we finished Return of the Jedi, and my mom looks at everybody and goes, okay, guys, now what, what do we want to watch? And we were like, um, mom, there's three other movies. What? Yeah, you took us to all of them. Maybe she's just one of those fanboys that just has forgotten the sequels yeah. and just like, nope, they don't exist. They're bad. Oh my god! So we watched Force Awakens for the, and which is was apparently the first time my mother has ever seen Force Awakens, which was fun. Um, I did. I was like, I literally looked her in the eye. I was like, mother, you were not allowed to ask any questions the entire film. Okay, if we if you have questions at the end. We'll talk. It's fine. But don't, I don't want to sit here the entire, I don't want to sit here the entire hour and a half with you asking me who Ray is, okay? All right? If you, thank you. Josh's mom, if you have any questions, just go back and watch A New Hope. They're the same movie. Oh, man. Okay. So, I mean, to her credit, she was like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. And then at the end, her, much like all of us, we're like, okay, that's cool, but who's Ray? So it's and and don't watch the other ones. Kind of looked at each other. We're like, well, it's all downhill from here. So here we go. Yep. yep. So, but um, it, it was really fun to, and I think I texted you after I watched it, um, to watch the Force Awakens outside of the hype. Outside of like the guys, we're getting Star Wars again. Oh my gosh! And all of the the crazy like internet stuff that happened, and just be able to watch it as just a movie. And it, like I think I appreciated appreciated it even more then. Um, the second thing I watched, which is something you and I will be talking about, <laughs> is a little Australian, uh, not Austrian, Austrian. There it is, Austrian film called. Good night, mommy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So I'll set okay. I'll set the stage for you real quick. Um, yeah, set, set it up. Set it up. Set it up. So I believe it was in college because I think this movie came out in 2014 or 2015. Yeah, um, it came a, came out a long time ago. Yeah, we were in college, and this trailer drops for a movie called Good Night, Mommy. And I no joke, guys. This trailer is probably one of the most creepy and unsettling trailers I have ever seen for a movie, and we couldn't find it anywhere because this movie, like Josh said, is a foreign film, so it's subtitled the entire time, which means not a lot of your local theaters are showing this movie. So it became a years-long quest to find Goodnight Mommy to see if it is as creepy and unsettling as the trailer is. And, uh, Josh... 
in your eyes, is it as creepy and unsettling as the trailer was? More so. Wow. I would say more so. Because the thing is, the trailer doesn't give you a whole lot to go on other than the basic thing of like, okay, the mom's got sur- has had surgery. We don't know why, but the two b- twin boys don't trust her and don't think it's it's their mom. And that's all you get in the trailer. And the more and more deeply they dive into that, the more and more creepy and unsettling it is. Yep. I, dude, I, I mean, because I think you and I, we were texting a little bit after I watched it last night. Of, I was like, there's still stuff I'm not 100% sure actually happened or maybe it did or how did it end or uh, i was uncomfortable the whole time and that doesn't happen a lot anymore i don't know about you but it doesn't happen a lot yeah i i remember when i saw it before you i saw it a few years ago um and i remember when i saw it i was like oh josh needs to see this because one of your all-time favorite horror movies is the favich and i they feel very similar like the favich is a period piece but it's very slow burn this isn't nearly yeah. as slow burn but it is still pretty okay we're ramping up the horror it's slightly unsettling things but it's also a lot of you think you know where the story's going but you're wrong i'll be honest with we're not gonna say what it is but i genuinely did not see the twist coming there's a big huge twist in this but it's not a twist that comes out of nowhere if you're paying attention to the details. Like, if you go yeah. back, it's it's clearly set up what is happening. And I really like the twist for that. And also, just it's, that ending, just good God. The So, when it comes to the twist, I'm going to try to discuss it as much with spoiler-free as possible. Um, I don't know about you, but there was... I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, oh, pat myself on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there was like a few things I was like, is he, is this what I think it is? And then the movie continuously just like, no, no, look over here. Look over here. Oh, look over here. And what's, you're this? Like, what's this? <laughs> what's this? What's this? What's this? It's so good. And then, I mean, like at the end and to the point where, when the twist is revealed and I was right, I wasn't like, oh, I was right. I was like, I was right? No! Yeah, because oh, it, it's a dark twist for very, sure. Very so um, my other one, my one that I actually have to throw an apology out there with, um, and Josh, this might surprise you. I believe I owe an apology to one Timothy Burton. Tim Burton, when you want to be, you are actually an incredibly gifted and talented filmmaker. You just have picked the wrong things for the past few years. So there's one movie that I had heard about, and I was like, okay, it's perpetually in my Netflix queue. I got to just sit down and watch this thing. And I absolutely loved one of his from the 90s called Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah? Have you seen this, Josh? The the, Johnny Depp? The one with Johnny Depp, yeah? Yes. Oh, have you seen this, Josh? It has been many, many, many years, but yes, I have seen it. Okay, I had never seen it, and I love it so much. Um, And I'll say this. I think one of the biggest missed opportunities in movie history, and I never... (laughs) 
A few years ago, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I think the biggest missed opportunity in Hollywood history is that Tim Burton never got to direct a Universal Monster movie. Like, that seems like the easiest layup in the world. Just have the creepy weird dude make the creepy weird movie by Universal. Like, (laughs) watching Sleepy Hollow? It's probably one of the best classic Universal Monster movies I've seen in many years. Um, Because just the gothic look and aesthetic feels right out of those old um, Universal and Hammer pictures with several Hammer actors like Michael Goff and Christopher Lee. There's even a great scene where Christopher Lee, who used to be Dracula, is a judge. And there's a shot uh, that makes it look like he's got wings behind him like a bat, which I'm like, that's nice. I like that little attention to detail. Um, And normally, I'm not the biggest Johnny Depp fan. I loved him in this because he's not your conventional movie hero. He's kind of a coward. But then again, Ichabod in the original Sleepy Hollow story is a coward too. Instead of being a school teacher, though, this time he's an inspector. So it's kind of like a hybrid of a slasher meets like a murder mystery. But the way it's done just like oozes gothic atmosphere and the point of you have Christopher Walken as the headless horseman and it's awesome. Um, (laughs) The kills are absolutely fantastic, but they're ridiculously over the top, just like old Hammer horror movies were. It's a love letter to old school horror movies that you could tell Tim Burton grew up with. And I really love the crap out of it because it had this mood and this atmosphere I don't know if it'll ever be my favorite horror movie, but it'll be like trick or treat for me. Of I have to relive relive this at least once a year every Christmas, uh, every Halloween season, because it just oozes Halloween atmosphere. And I knew for a while that there was rumors back when Tom Cruise's Dark Universe is going to be a thing that Johnny Depp was in talks to be the Invisible Man, and I hated that. After watching Sleepy Hollow, if it was Tim Burton directed with Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, and if he brought this level of skill set, I would actually 100% be on board. Because I think a problem with a lot of the modern, like, universal horrors is they're going, all right, we got to set it in modern day because that's what's scary. Not necessarily. Like, we always bring up the Vavitch. That's set how long ago? And that still scares the crap out of people. I love the old school gothic horror movies, and this was that 100%, and I absolutely loved it every minute of it it was so so good and i can't wait to watch it again and tim burton please get back to what you're good at tim burton has this oddly specific wheelhouse and when he hits some he hits them real good like ed wood awesome batman awesome sleepy hollow awesome and lately it's been alice in wonderland and dumbo thanks disney <laughs> i think that's like the common the common thing at least lately of like Oh, thanks, Disney. I Because uh, I would have already watched Mulan by now if I didn't have to pay $30. Well, I don't. I want to blame Disney, and 90% of the blame is on Disney for how they've handled it. I think the biggest blame, though, is COVID. And um, from the reviews that I'm seeing, I'll definitely be waiting till December to watch Mulan. I'm not hearing necessarily the best things about it which makes me a little sad, but I can't say I'm surprised at this point. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I think 
the reason I'm excited about it is much, much different from everybody else. I think every a good portion of, of everyone is was expecting the musicals and Mushu and you know what I mean? I just, I don't See, know, dude. I think some of the reviews that I'm seeing are from people that weren't expecting that, like your Disney diehards. These are like actual people that were just like, I'm just judging this as a movie. I've seen some people that don't didn't even like the original Mulan or watching this going, yeah, this ain't for me either. And I've heard some story beats, and I'm going, e that that's a choice. We'll we'll just say that that's a choice that you're making. Um, Fair enough, man. Without spoiling I mean, too much for you, from the story beats that I've heard, it kind of sounds like this is my. I'm not actually saying this happened. I'm saying this as a joke. Don't people don't say this. Take this literally. But it kind of seems like Kathleen Kennedy helped write the script. How so? We might have a race syndrome. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, if you're OP. Oh, no. You're overpowered right when we meet you. I'm going, uh-oh. Uh-oh. It takes all the... Uh... Anyway, well, yep. let's get into the news before I start going... Let, before I start going yeah, let's get into our first topic, shall we? And our first news topic of the day is a tough one, but I think it could be a lot worse. I'll say that. Um, so the Batman, the big movie that I'm sure is number one in Josh and I's most anticipated movies of next year list. Um, it's hit a little bit of a snag right as it was about to go into production, and that is that it's star R. Bats, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, Batman, whatever you want to call him has tested positive for COVID. This sucks. Um, Now, I think there's some conflicting reports about there, so I don't know. I don't want to state fact or fiction of whether or not he was actually on set when he found out that he had COVID. Like, if he had the chance to infect others on the set, that would potentially halt it even more. Or if it was a situation of he's at home and finds out that he's got it, so don't come in for another two weeks type of thing. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people negative going, this is why we shouldn't rush back to film movies and stuff. I see this as a positive. Okay. We at least caught the fact that he has COVID before things got worse. It's not like he was filming for a few weeks and was like, oops, my bad guys. Um, also, uh, a mutual friend of ours shared on Facebook that this was happening and I was just go. Those stupid bats. The irony. Um, but you see that the Batman has halted production for about, probably about two or three weeks um, for Pattinson to get cleansed, as we'll say. Um, just dampen your excitement. Do you see this as a little predictable? What do you think, Josh? I think at this particular moment, it looks like I'm wearing the bat suit. Um, <laughs> I was wondering why you are slouching down. But. <laughs> Only reason. Um... I mean, it's it's a thing. It, it was bound to happen at some way, shape, or form. Somebody was going to get it. It's not the 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 phrase I've heard lately is, "It's not about what to do when you get it." It's and sorry, not to do if you get it. It's what to do with it when you get it. So I mean, it's it, hopefully it's speedy recovery. Hopefully he comes back unscathed because I have heard of some lingering effects, but. 
far do you did come back i mean it's to me i'm seeing this as nothing less uh nothing more than like when tom cruise breaks his ankle on on set which you know what i mean it's 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 a it's a it's something that was bound to happen at some point <laughs> it was bound to happen that tom cruise is gonna break an ankle which yes. <laughs> we will be talking about our homeboy um Tom Cruise in our next news topic. Um, but I'm actually more amazed that this is the first case that we've actually heard from filming yeah. because so not just with the Batman, but in terms of all of Hollywood, because some things uncharted, which half mostly joking here, people. But if you told me this, there's going to be a COVID case during filming. My first guess would have been uncharted, not the Batman because uncharted started filming sooner, but also, Joking, not joking, Uncharted may or may not actually be cursed. So if anything bad is going to happen, I hope I hope and pray that nothing happens to the Uncharted cast. But it's like, okay, this, this is a one-time thing, we hope, with Robert Pattinson. Um, I think the only reason it's getting circulated as much is, one, it's the first time we've seen anything happen uh, with filming that someone's contracted since filming has started with any major projects but also it's such a high profile name if it was the production assistant on a reality tv show no one's reporting that but it's the star of the new batman himself that's holding up production supposedly um i i see this as a good thing that they were able to spot it quickly they're like okay before you can contaminate anybody else on the crew isolate take care of yourself then we can get back to business because I just I just want to start to see this thing start to film again, um, and I think it will. We just have to make sure everyone's healthy in the meantime. Yeah, it. We'll get through it. It's fine. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, "Dude, don't worry about it," because it is. You know, it's still we're still in a global we're still in a global pandemic. But yeah, just because just because you're done with the pandemic. Just because yeah, you're done with it, the pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic is done with you. Well, yeah, it's it, but it's like catching the flu as a school teacher. It's an occupational hazard when you're around these kinds of things. I mean, uh, it's it, you're making a movie during a global pandemic. There's an occupational hazard with that you might catch the virus. Well, you know who I don't think is going to have an occupational hazard with Corona anytime soon is your boy. Tom Cruise, because they have resumed filming on Mission Impossible 7, but also they've gone to extremely great lengths to be isolated. Like, from reports that I've read, Tom Cruise has either bought or rented a cruise ship for the cast and crew to be on, so they're isolated from everyone else. I'm going, was a hotel not enough for you? It had to be in the middle of the water? Um, But whatever it's literally the opposite of a good idea not if none of them are infected they're all i know but like if one of them does they all are instantly because it just recycles the air it's uh so we oh no we're talking about it because um and i'll bring up our original graphic one more time to commemorate the fact that they've started shooting again and to have production, Christopher McQuarrie, the director of Mission Impossible 7 and 8, took to Twitter and Instagram to share this look that we've got on our screen right now, just saying, day one of filming. And there's some uh, behind-the-scenes video that leaked from paparazzi 
of Tom Cruise riding a dirt bike on this thing. And all I can say is just yes. And where can I sign up to do that? Um, <laughs> this looks absolutely insane. When I first saw this, I didn't know if it was um, for a stunt or if it was for like the film crew to get a specific stunt. Because, spoiler alert, I don't just randomly see ramps um, in the mountains for stuff. Like, I'd be curious how they weave this into the story. Um, But Tom Cruise is seemingly going to be hitting a ramp for some massive BMX air. This is like some SS Tricky stuff right here. Um, He's got got his GameCube cheat code. Um, (laughs) I'm happy to see production is resumed on this. With each passing one, I'm becoming more and more of a Mission Impossible fan because I think after Ghost Protocol, they've just been exceedingly great and I've loved Fallout and I trust Christian McQuarrie's direction going forward, uh, even if they killed off Henry Cavill, which I'm not happy about. But um, this looks like a the potential to be an epic stunt and I'm excited to see what it could possibly be. Um, Josh, you're rolling your eyes just going, it's Tom Cruise, isn't it? At, at this point, I mean, the guy is like, I'm going to teach everybody on crew to, to fly a helicopter because I want to be able to fly the actual helicopter. He didn't movie. teach the crew. He taught himself how to fly, and they had a professional flyer as the other one. Okay, but Tom, it's it's a movie. It's suspension of belief. It's okay. You nope. don't have to actually do everything. You, that, you know what that ramp reminds me of? A Red Bull commercial? Yeah. Like a Red Bull commercial. Somebody at Red Bull was like, all right, you know what would be cool? We like dirt bikes. We like big ramps. We like guys in flying squirrel suits. Let's combine all of them in the mountains So <laughs> for an ad campaign. I don't know. So... Yes, that reminds me of a Red Bull commercial. So they'll do this Red Bull commercial in this movie, and then the next movie, they'll do the other Red Bull commercial where the guy leaps from space back to Earth. Because mark my words, at some point, we already know Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise are working on a space movie that they're going to shoot mostly in space. I would not be surprised if before this franchise is done, maybe as a big, huge, one last finale, if Tom Cruise does something space related, maybe like the Red Bull jump where he jumps from outer space to earth. I jokingly say that, but I can absolutely see that happening with Tom Cruise. Like, okay, if I'm going out, I'm going out like breaking bad. See, like the, the issues I have with that are a, that's really cool. and hilarious (laughs) that he like, that he's like, you know what? I could just do this with camera tricks, but I'm actually going to do it. Like, that's cool. That's admirable. But like the idea and the technical stuff that would have to happen for them to film him doing that means at least not like including Tom, three people would have to make that jump at least. Yeah. All at the same time. Like, okay. Yes. We talk about, um, it was awesome in mission impossible fallout. The last one, when they jump out of the plane all in one shot, You know the secret MVP of that that we don't give nearly enough credit to that Josh just brought up? The camera guy that has to pull focus and be staring across Tom Cruise as they're plummeting to their potential death. Oh, wait. Okay, I hope my parachute goes. Let me make sure I have Tom Cruise in focus. Like, (laughs) imagine that times 10 
because they're falling from outer space. Or better yet, like you have some car like driving up next to Tom Cruise on this ramp here. Um, and then they just hit it and like you have a cameraman in air just going, keep it in shot, stay on target, stay on target. I can't shake it. Um, just at this point, Christian McCoy has made the stories great in Mission Impossible, but it's always comes down to what's the next stunt going to be. And this looks, yeah, this looks pretty epic. I, I kind of want, if they ever do snowboarding games again for like the PS5 or whatever else, make a snowboarding game and have a Tom Cruise skin of whatever the, he's going to have in this movie. <laughs> and he's yeah. like completely maxed out stats. <laughs> See, um, and okay. So, you know, that video, the, the YouTube series I sent you that we both actually watch. Yeah. Uh, I, Rider Crew. Yeah. I actually hey. almost sent that to you weeks ago. I've been watching them for a long time. So have you seen the episode where they actually break down the visual effects on that scene where Tom Cruise is, is, is Scott. Uh, oh, yeah. I've also watched the, like the actual Dude. one on the Blu-ray. Dude. Oh, it's great. It's great. Good stuff. First of all, I mean, I know we're supposed to only like hype up our own content, but Go watch if you have time. Go on YouTube and watch what is it? Cor- the Corridor Cor- Crew. Uh, Corridor Crew. Corridor. Sorry. Uh, Corridor Crew. And like they do like via the uh, visual effects artists react. They do stuntmen react. I just saw them started doing animated animators react. Animators, it, uh, swordsmen. And like that's just like the tip of the iceberg on all this really cool stuff they do. I would go check them out. Yeah. Link in the descri- description below. Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> I, I'm never, I'm never ashamed to plug anybody else's stuff. If I see cool stuff, we'll talk about other people's cool stuff. Um, speaking of cool stuff, cue the Baby Yoda memes for round two, because the Mandalorian has its release date finally. Uh, um, yes, October thirtieth, so a little after my birthday. Um, about time. Um, and I, what I love about this so so much is the day that the that um. It was announced that Mandalorian Season 2 was coming out October 30th. There's a whole bunch of rumors started by, I won't say her name, but someone that I can't stand because she just spits random theories out there and hopes that she's right. Um, She very rarely ever is, but a whole bunch of people believe that she's right. She's more or less saying, um, oh, there's been a whole bunch of production problems with Mandalorian Season 2. Disney didn't like the trailer, and that's why we haven't gotten the trailer yet. We might have a delay in Season 2. And the very same day that that rumor starts coming, um, oh, hey, Mandalorian Season 2 is coming October 30th. Oops. Um, But that just made me laugh. Um, I also think it's very... Maybe I'm reading too much into this because, you know, it's me, and I read too much into things. I love that the text for this that was announced with it is like the Star Wars, the Mandalorian. Sorry, I'm looking at my own screen here. Um, Star Wars, the Mandalorian, like, is in blue. And season one was that, like, goldish color. I like that because I guarantee you it was done on purpose. Because if you remember the old VHS um, DVD covers for the original trilogy, the first one has a very orange and maroon color scheme for, like, a sunset. Empire Strikes Back has a very dark blue color scheme like this so mark my words when they come out with mandalorian season three it's gonna be that dark green forest green like return of the jedi's color scheme is um i think this was intentional um i just cannot wait and i think by this time next week we will be talking about the trailer because um earlier this morning 
they dropped some like official images that are going to be in Entertainment Weekly in the coming weeks. Um, we won't talk about them here just because there's really not a lot to talk about. It was just pictures of the cast, like man, uh, like Mando. Um, Carl Weathers has a beard now. Like there wasn't a whole lot to discuss other than there's a picture with uh, Tuscan Raiders on a Bantha, so they're going to be on Tatooine at some point. But that's not surprising, I think. Um, so I think next week on the hundredth episode, we will probably be talking about Mandalorian trailer, which is fine by me. Um, you see that Mandalorian season two is coming back, Josh, October 30th. What are your thoughts? Um, so, uh, how many days are left in September? Too many. Uh, That's too many. It's way too many. I have been itching for this. I think everyone's been itching for this since the release of season one. Um, I'm excited to see where they go because unlike stuff like Rebels or uh, or uh, Clone Wars that are kind of like contained within a certain story or a certain story arc, this is, while in uh, chronologically in a timeline, it's completely new territory for everyone and i'm really excited about it because i don't know what that means i don't know if we're actually going to be like going to yoda's home planet or like finding out that the that that creature is actually created by the force or what you know if we're going to see ahsoka if we're going to see uh oh no i just lost her name sabine if we're going to see oh i didn't even thought about sabine if or i mean at some point, I feel we have to see Boba. Yeah. He, and as much as you and I dog on him, because he is rather pointless in the original trilogy, I do want to him to have a day in the sun. Yes. Because at the end, he has a cool look, and he deserves to not go out like he did. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, knowing how Disney likes to, like, movie and tv show bait with their trailers be like here's your we're gonna punch you in the nostalgia so we can grab your ticket opening weekend i would not be surprised if in that the mandalorian season two trailer we have all of our footage and then at the very end we just see a hand crawl out of the sarlacc pit and that's that's it well no, actually be we know he's already out because it was teased in season one that boba was alive so he's already out of the pit i'd imagine um they also said in the entertainment weekly article that came out today um that season two will like blow up the universe, not Alderaan style, but like um, introduce a whole new cast of characters and the lore around it. Um, again, because she's my girl and we got to talk about her any chance we get. Um, no one's talking about it. Maybe, maybe nothing ever happened, but I want to know if those casting rumors from a while back about Jamie Lee Curtis were true or not. Cause I, if she's in Mandalorian season two, your boy's going to, well, I'm going to be there either way, but if JLC is in it, just makes things better. Because imagine Jamie Lee Curtis as an Imperial officer or something that works for Moff Gideon. Um, so we're going to have Moff Gideon with the Darksaber this time. How does Boa fit into this? Because I'm sure he will. How does Ahsoka fit into this? Um, what's her face? Where does Thrawn come in? <laughs> Thrawn will be in eventually wherever Ezra is now that now that you know about that too. I think now this could just be me. Um I think Thrawn will be like the Mandalorian's version of Thanos. Like 
he will be their yeah. big villain for in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. If we ever get more information on that era, I think Thrawn will be their big guy because I they purposely have kept him alive and Dave Filoni has said that they do know what they want to do with him. It's just a matter of when they want to pull that trigger. And I don't think it'll be for a while because we've seen High Republic stuff. We saw that concept art about of Yoda 200 years ago. Um, like they're really slowly laying the groundwork for High Republic. I think we would have known more about High Republic by now had the world not caught on fire. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. But Mandalorian finally has a release date. I'm glad to see COVID hasn't affected it at all from a production standpoint. They were able to get most of the filming done beforehand. I'm just, this show just needs to come and happen already. I'm mm-hmm. beyond excited. So, hold on. Say what? Real quick. Are you already wearing a Batman t shirt? I'm so glad you noticed that, Josh. Yes, I am, homeboy. <laughs> the Batman. I was like sitting here listening to you talk, going, Is that? Yes, it is, you huge nerd. <laughs> Guess you bought it the day of fandom after that trailer. Yeah, I did. So cool. Also, the shirt fits perfectly, and it very well might be the most comfortable shirt I own. <laughs> It's like, like a warm hug. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. And I needed to wear it today because, one, I needed to rub it in your face that I have the Batman merch already while they're still filming it because that's not sad at all. And because we had something the Batman related. Um, you know what I don't have any merch for, and that's perfectly okay with me, is anything James Bond related. Um, but, like I said, <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that because... I saw Spectre in the theater, and I kind of want my 10 bucks back. Um, that being said, we have a trailer for what is seemingly Daniel Craig's final outing as James Bond. No Time to Die. I liked the first trailer, and I was really excited for this James Bond movie. I love this trailer, too. I think this trailer, and maybe it's just the trailer, this trailer to me feels like the most Bond we've ever had, like most classic bond of like gadgets weird vehicles a whole bunch of attractive women that you don't know whose allegiance they lie with um a whole big cast of people that we've seen throughout the daniel craig run i like this trailer a lot now i still have my own theories that we'll get into in a little bit here but um josh you see this no time to die trailer just get you more excited less excited what were you thinking coming out of this trailer? It's a Bond movie. Yay! Are you, are you not a Bond person? I... They're cool. Don't get me wrong. And, like, I think... I mean, it's hard to say because Daniel Craig is the only Bond I personally have ever known. Um, I've gone back and seen some of the others, but, like, they don't feel as Bond... like like my bond which is a weird thing to say that i because i don't really have that much of an attachment to these movies but like fallout was great specter was okay fallout was mission Uh, impossible yeah i so here's the thing fallout was mission impossible here here is my take at this particular moment i like the idea of what they're going with now i don't know a lot about like james bond lore 
So I don't know. I, I'm not 100% on board or really understanding what other all the theories are on who everybody is, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I don't know. I don't understand all that. And that's fine. I'm willing to learn because it looks cool. But I really like the idea. And it's said in the trailer, and I don't remember it was said in the first one, but they make it very abundantly clear in this one that James Bond is not 007 anymore. Nope. They have a new. They have a new 007, which I really like. Yeah, they said that. that. They said that in the first trailer. Okay, so but I really like the idea of 007 just being the agent number, and they just getting passed to person to person, which makes sense um, as to you know why there's all these different bonds, and which would also mean that maybe maybe James Bond is also a moniker. So, yeah. Uh, mm, okay. The million dollar question here, Josh. It's not part of my conspiracy theory, which I have my hat on standby, but it's not full tinfoil, so I don't know if I'll wear it. Um, do you think that Daniel Craig will die in this movie? I'm okay. I'd be okay with it if he did. I think Daniel Craig I'd would be, be like, I'm on, I'm on board. It's the Harrison Ford Han Solo thing. Yeah, no, like I, I don't think he has to, but at the same time, I think Daniel deserves a good farewell. He's put in enough time on this eh series that he deserves a good farewell, especially since I want to see him in more things. And if that means he doesn't Knives out too. get to be in Bond anymore, then I'm okay with that. Whatever gets him to be on Knives Out 2 faster, I'm all for. Which, um, <laughs> speaking of Knives Out, this trailer highlights um, Ana de Armas' character more. And I'm, I have a sense I'm going to really like her character. Because um, I liked her in Knives Out a lot. And it seems like that might have been a really big breakout role for her. And I think this will be a good follow-up for that, too. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Daniel Craig dies. And then that's how they kind of reboot the universe. Um because the James Bond timeline is already messed up as is. Um, it's not the most messed up timeline, but some people have been like trying to map out chronologically where all the Bond movies go. And I'm just like, that, that doesn't make sense to me. It I've always thought each Bond is its own universe, like a Bond multiverse type of thing of, you don't have to worry about Daniel Craig's fitting in continuity with Sean Connery's because it just collapses in on itself if you do it that way, which lets me go, okay, we do that, but that doesn't mean we still can't use some of the old Sean Connery era villains if we need to. I've been saying since the first trailer, Rami Malek is not who we think he is. Um, I think the name on, of this movie, No Time to Die, is a big clue about who he's playing. And they've only ever named him as, like, Safin or Safin in all the trailers or anything, like... It's like, what, what was Benedict Cumberbatch's like, code name or whatever that they gave him for Into Darkness going, he's yeah. not Khan, he's not Khan, he's not Khan. Or like in the last James Bond movie, Spectre, Christoph Waltz, spoiler alert, he's not Blofeld, he's not Blofeld. I think they're doing the exact same thing with Rami Malek here. Safin or Safin or whatever they're calling him, that ain't going to be his final name in the movie. I bet you dollars to donuts... He is playing the very first ever James Bond movie villain, Dr. No. And that would kind of bring it full circle of the last Daniel Craig movie's villain is the very first ever movie's villain. 
Um, now, the only thing that kind of makes me think otherwise on this theory is that they did the exact same surprise villain return, or uh, surprise villain reveal in the last movie with Christoph Waltz being Blofeld, who, fun fact, Blofeld was played by Samuel Loomis from Halloween um, in, mm. in those James Bond movies, but that's the only thing that kind of sways me of maybe they won't do two surprise reveals twice in a row, but maybe at the same time they'll want to do a surprise reveal correctly this time because I thought the Blofeld reveal was so mishandled and just not handled well at all and didn't do anything from a story perspective, so maybe they want to do it right this time. I love Remy Malik, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him um, just be awesome. Uh, so many people are like, we met him with Mr. Robot, or we first really got to notice him in Bohemian Rhapsody. There's two things that I know Remy Malik from. Night at the Museum, and Until Dawn, both of which are great. Um, which, if you haven't played it, y'all, Until Dawn is fantastic. It'll stress you the crap out, but it's awesome. Um, I'm still really excited for this. I love seeing the plane turn into a submarine. That felt like classic Bond to me. Um, some of the banter, like, can't believe you shot him. Well, everybody tries at least once. Um, like, that, that worked for me. I hope the humor falls better for me this time than Spectre, which was like, oh, we just discovered what humor was. It doesn't really mesh too well with the Daniel Craig world that we've established. It's all dark and gritty. Um, I I want this to be good. I really do. I think it will be good. I like this trailer a lot, but we shall see. I'm still going to have my tinfoil hat that Rami Malek is actually playing Dr. No, because if you do side-by-sides of the original movie, Dr. No, like his lair, his look, and everything else, it Looks suspiciously like Rami Malek, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> no, we would never hear anything from you. Nope. I like how you, uh, you're like, it, it's kind of a tinfoil thing, but not quite a tinfoil, so I won't grab the hat. Also, I have my good headphones on, so like, we've, we've oh, seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen me ride Likely this. Story. No, you've seen me with the buds, and these are the over-ear ones. You know I ride shotgun on the struggle bus trying to put the tinfoil hat over these headphones. But also, <laughs> guys, of all the conspiracy theories that I've had on this podcast, saying there's a secret villain is not up there in terms of craziness. It's not like my Spider-Man one or the Henry Cavill one, which I was definitely wrong about. But curse you, DC, for making me wrong on that one. Um... But funny enough, we mentioned Spider-Man because our last news topic today is Spider-Man adjacent, I suppose. Um, Because Sony and their ever-increasing bid to just go Spider-Man everything and just clutch it tighter because it's the only milk, it's the only cow that's producing milk at this point for us, besides, you know, Jumanji. Um, Sony is developing a live-action Silk series based on one of the spider women, like her name is Silk, um, but a female Spider-Man with different powers and skill sets to Peter Parker or Miles Morales. I'll be honest. I don't know the first thing about Silk. I see the design. I think it's a really, really cool design. I see it's a, um, a character of a different ethnic background than either Peter Parker um, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman, or Miles Morales. It's a very diverse character. I think that's awesome. All for diversity in roles. I'm more just going, okay, live-action series. What platform are we talking about? Because uh, that could make or break it. If it's like 
Hulu or Disney Plus. Sure, YouTube Red or like ABC Family. Because, Josh, did you remember that there was a Cloak and Dagger series at one point on ABC Family? I tried to forget about it. Because, <laughs> like, the sh- it's really unfortunate that they got the Cloak and Dagger because Cloak and Dagger is really cool and yeah, that show is not. Yeah, so, like, it all depends on what channel or who's getting this yes. series. Uh, but so what do you think? The big thing about Silk, and I, I'm, I'm with you, I don't know a lot about her. Um, I do remember of the various spider women that have kind of happened. Um, yeah, I, she's not one of them. <laughs> I there was like I remember reading like a, a manga esque Spider Man Spider Woman that was like I think her name was Arachna. I think it was she was super cool, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about this, but I do know that. Like you said, it's going to depend on the channel. It's going to depend on where they send it. Um, I also hope that we're not doing this just for the sake of having a female Spider-Woman. Because at first, that's what Miles came across as. Um, And maybe it's just because that's not – I'm not the target audience for Miles. But it definitely felt much like female Thor of like, well, let's just do this because we can um, I, I I don't think she's like that, but so I, I'm intrigued to get to know Silk. But like you said, it's going to depend on what channel they put her on. If you had to pick, and you were in charge, what channel? What who? Who would you want to pick up this Silk series? Who do you think would pick it up? Well, I would say Netflix, but I don't think Marvel's doing a lot with them. Um, well, this isn't Marvel. This is Sony, remember? Okay, well then, Netflix is in there. HBO Max could be fun. Um, they're they're kind of doing their own thing, though, I think. They are. I would agree. That's why a lot of the... They're leaning heavy in DC. I think my top yeah. pick... I think my top pick isn't Netflix. I think it's Hulu. I think Marvel might be involved in some capacity. It might be like a Sony Marvel. There's a difference between Marvel and Sony Marvel. Um, but Marvel has had decent success in their partnership with Hulu. Granted, they're kind of parented by the same company, but like, while I have never seen it, I've heard good things, and I know there's a pretty decent following for Marvel's The Runaways. Um, or Legion is like X-Men adjacent, kind of, and that's now on Hulu because it's an FX thing. So if I had to wager, which I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say this lands somewhere on the Hulu spectrum because Hulu is always looking for new shows. Um, and I don't think this has necessarily has to be the biggest budget. So Netflix could pour in, you know, $100 million for three seasons and then pretend it never existed. Um, I think Hulu's probably its best bet, which would mean medium um, budget but it doesn't necessarily have to be the highest of budgets. I, if I'm making this show, I want it to be ground level of, um, you can have some big threats, but a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, something we haven't gotten with yeah. since homecoming. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like season one daredevil. Yes. 
Yes. Like that kind of feel. Like down. I mean, I I don't necessarily mean like go straight for the gritty, straight for the dark, but like it feels like he's just there in the neighborhood and that's all he does. And that's I love. I mean, I don't think Daredevil ever really goes outside of like the big like story events. I don't think he ever really goes out of Hell's Kitchen because unlike most other superheroes, he's very much like, you know, no, like I say, I protect Hell's Kitchen. I'm staying in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Um, so I'll, I'll keep my eyes on this. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that this is being made for a TV series because we keep hearing about movie projects that they're doing, like whatever Olivia Wilde's doing, the Craven movie, the next... 10 Spider-Man movies, uh, Venom, but the fact that they're eyeing this as a series, maybe it's intended to be more long form so they can stretch out the story and flesh it out a little bit more. Um, or if nothing else, diversify their assets so they have TV as well as movies. But that could just be my theory. Uh, Josh, you got a sponsor for this this week before we get into our main topic. Okay. Let me think, uh, real quick, real quick. Um, Oh, <clears throat> today's episode is brought to you in part by Lowe's. We like to do put up Christmas decorations in September because we hate Halloween. Yeah, okay. Walmart and Target, get off your butts and put out your Halloween decorations. What is wrong with you guys? Like, oh, man. I've seen no, barely any Halloween stuff this year, and it is not okay, guys. I am... I have put up my Halloween decorations, but I need more because I never have enough. Just give me stuff besides like your obligatory. Here's stuff that you can put on your lawn. Now, where's your pumpkins? Where's your decor? Where's your Halloween stuff? I know you want this year to be over, but some of us still like spooky season. And then we can start moving towards 2021 because gosh dang, this year needs to just end already. But but seriously, go hit up Lowe's. I know I know I work for them, but like they have a pretty decent size uh, Halloween seasonal section. I haven't hit up Lowe's or um, Hobby Lobby yet, and I know I need to. See? This is what you're missing out on. So our discussion this week, kind of parallel to Labor Day, when most people have off, um, even though this episode's coming out after Labor Day, and it, whatever. Um, something that most people do when it's like a holiday weekend is they will binge movies or TV and marathon the crap out of something. At least... That's what I do. Um, so we thought, what are some of the best movies or movie series to marathon when you got some free time or whatever else? This isn't necessarily our favorite franchises, but the franchises that we like to marathon the most. Also, how we marathon them. Because there's certain movies that we'll talk about today that... Um, say this there's different ways you could marathon these movies case in point uh, i'll start us off with one of the obvious ones the star wars franchise i have marathoned star wars movies numerous times and i didn't realize until i was much older that there's different ways you could do it um like for me personally i have to go in chronological order I know a lot of people don't like the prequels. They're the ones that I grew up with, so I can never discount them. I know some people will be like, when you marathon Star Wars, start with Attack of the Clones and move forward because Phantom Menace in the grand scheme of things doesn't actually change anything. I'm like, I don't care. It has Duel of the Fates, and it's the best of the prequel movies. Fight me. So I go chronological of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and the spinoff movies don't exist. I, 
Ain't nobody got time for Solo and Rogue One if you're doing them all in one day. Um, however, I forget what the name is, um, but there's a different way that you can marathon that I'm, I want to try this at some point just to see how it flows from a storytelling perspective is you watch four, five, two, three, then six, because when you're watching it, you don't know that Luke is, Darth, uh, is Darth Vader's kid. So then when he says that at the end of five, you go back and watch two and three as an extended flashback to Darth Vader before going in to Return of the Jedi. And you also get to see the fall of Anakin right up to what could have been the fall of Luke Skywalker. Also, I've never tried it. I really want to at some point. Um, When Rise of Skywalker came out, um, and a trend that you'll see um, throughout this discussion is I look for any excuse I can to marathon movies, but it very rarely is ever in the same day. Um, Heather knows whenever there's a big movie coming out, there's always some form of homework that comes in with that of movies to watch before that movie comes out. New Batman means we got to watch some of the big Batman movies that came out before mask of the phantasm, the original, uh, the Batman trilogy. Um, so like with star Wars, I was watching all of them in order and then I see Rise of Skywalker, and I watch them all again when they were available. And a lot of people have issues with Rise of Skywalker. I get that. But there's a lot more symmetry in the three trilogies than people like to acknowledge. And I think that's one of the awesome things about marathons is you get details that you wouldn't get if you're watching them spaced out. If you watch them back to back, you can kind of pick up on some of the themes, whether they're intentional or mm-hmm. not. Like, there's a lot of really interesting parallels between the prequels and the sequel trilogy that I was like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Or how Force Awakens could even connect to Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker that I didn't even notice if I hadn't watched them back to back. So, Josh, I need to talk about Star Wars earlier, but when you marathon Star Wars because you're a red-blooded American, I know you've marathoned Star Wars because America. How do you marathon Star Wars? Do you have a particular order um do you do it all in one sitting what's your what's your routine with the star wars marathon i mean it kind of varies depending on who i'm watching it with if it's just me i um the only one that i definitely lose uh if the only one i don't add is solo usually um and that's just because it's i usually don't i just it's okay it doesn't do much for me how ever the the time i i marathoned over the course of like a week or so a week and a half uh the star wars trilogy before i started watching it with my family um i did all of them so i did you know one two and three then i watched a brief overview of uh of rebels and of clone and clone wars and then i watched uh solo and then rogue one and so like even by the time by the time you get to rogue one you can feel like the rebellion about to be a thing and even like me sitting in my seat on you know on like a thursday after i've just filled my week up with star wars going okay yeah the empire needs to go down and we're about to do something about it and then new hope happens and you're like yes let's go and it just makes it just adds to it the idea that this is this 
whole series is just as much about the resistance and the rebellion as it is the Skywalker's family. So um, going into those marathons, you talked about getting hyped for Star Wars. Pinpoint one moment, and I'm sure we'll do an actual discussion about this someday. Pinpoint one moment that you would label as your all-time favorite Star Wars moment from the entire saga. Oh, geez. Just in, like, the scope of, a, of doing it as a marathon? Or uh, just, like... All 11? 11 movies? Yeah, all 11 movies, because Clone yeah. Wars doesn't count. Um, oh, jeez. That's tough, dude. Um, I still think... And it doesn't really have much... St- it doesn't have much storyline consequence or anything like that, but binary sunset Ooh, every time. That's a good like, one. Every time. And like, I, and that's not saying like, I love dual fates. I love a lot of the really cool stuff that they do with Luke's costume in return. And like, just all kinds of really, really fun moments. Um, when Ray first holds the lightsaber in uh, force, Awak- force awakens, where, you know, when it shoots past Kylo, like great, really cool moments. But at the same time, binary sunset for me is the moment that to me defines the Skywalker family and that they're always looking to, you know, the sunset wishing for more and not necessarily seeing what they have in front of them but also being a very emotionally, emotionally complex moment, like really cool visuals, but like also a moment that tells an overarching story of now, like what you said, 11 movies, which is crazy to think that we've gotten to that. Yeah. And there will be more, make no mistake. Um, Star Wars isn't going, it's going to be high Republic. Um, Duel of Fates was my number one for a lot of years, but the older I get, I am just, a big fan of character work. So Duel of Fates is a close second for me, but my number one has to be uh, Return of the Jedi when your thoughts betray you, thoughts of your sister, and Luke just loses his crap and just wails on Vader. Uh, Vader, you can, even behind the mask, you can just see him go, oh, crap, I done goofed, because uh, Luke just snaps. And seeing Luke get that close to the dark side and almost kind of having a double turn with Vader um, before chopping his dad's arm off and then looking down and seeing, oh, I basically am my father now if I do this. And then almost ruins the scene, almost, but it doesn't. Throws away his lightsaber like a moron. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be helpful anymore. Oh, God, the Empire can shoot lightning. That would have been really helpful if I have a lightsaber right now. But um, everything leading up to that, my favorite Star Wars moment by far, like when his light, when his face is half covered in shadow and half in light, because he is too. Symbolism, people. Um, there's just many great Star Wars moments. You know what else has a lot of great moments? That when you say movie marathon, the first thing that comes to 90% of people's minds, at least people of our generation, Josh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Now, the big controversy with this yes. is I think it does depend on how you watch them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to say this now. 
I am of the per- of the persuasion that you can only watch all three. I'm gonna. I'm getting. I don't even include the Hobbit because. Amen. Preach. I detest the Hobbit. If you like the Hobbit, power to you. Good for you. Yeah, my dad loves power the Hobbit. Well, my dad likes However, the Hobbit. It's gonna be tough for you to add the Hobbit onto all three of the extended editions awesome. of Lord of the Rings. Quickly before we do this, can we acknowledge the fact that The Hobbit, for some godforsaken reason, has an extended cut? Like, you have a movie that should have been two movies that you somehow stretch into three and still somehow went, you know what, this still isn't long enough. Let's make this an extended cut. No, thank you. Let's talk about something better with those Lord of the Rings extended cuts, Josh, <laughs> as you were. So the weirdest thing is um, when I was a kid and my uncle showed me Lord of the Rings for the first time, I've only, I, for the longest time, I had only ever seen them as the extended editions. Those were the only versions I had seen. And one day, for whatever reason, my parents had a copy of Fellowship of the Ring that was the theatrical cut uh, on top of the the extended cut that we owned, which was weird. But um, I was like, well, I don't have four hours, so I'll just pop this two-hour movie in. And they, like, jumped randomly, like, at, right after uh, into Arendelle. Um, and I was like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. There's like a whole like hour or 30, 30 minutes there that we're missing. How? Hold on. <laughs> it's and, ooh. And so like that threw me off. And like I to this day I can't watch anything but the extended editions. And it's nothing against the theatrical cut. I just there's a lot more cooler stuff. <laughs> I'll be honest as well. I didn't see any of these movies in theaters. Uh, my dad because they were really really violent. He had me watch them later, so then he would watch them with me. And it's still, like, I think he and I will watch them, like, once a year together still. We're still still waiting on a 4K release of the extended editions because, oof, that, that's what 4K is made for. Um, but I'll be honest, I have never once seen the theatrical cut of any of the trilogy. I have only ever seen the extended cuts. I've seen when Lord of the Rings is on TV. I'm like, that's cool but I know you're playing the theatrical version. It's eh. And I know some people are like, well, I know the pacing better for the theatrical cuts. And I like that. Like one of my favorite YouTube channels is everything great about, uh, it's a glimmer of positivity in the bleak world. That is YouTube. He prefers the theatrical cut into that. I say you're nuts, but more power to you. Um, the extended cut, I think there's just more there and I can only ever watch the extended cut. Now the question is, Josh, have you ever marathoned them all in one day or have you split I it up? Over? You have, I think I've done oh, two of the three. What, what was it like when you marathoned all three extended versions in one day? Um, I was, I think it was high school. I was sick, which is always seems to be the time in which I marathon Lord of the Rings for some reason. But um, I was, I had like, I had a weird, weird little history with Josh Um, through some circumstances that will not be said on air. I uh, had somehow acquired walking pneumonia and had been walking around with it for like a month. And I decided to make a certain something that had changed my health. 
and it instantly went into full-blown pneumonia. And so I was literally bedridden for, I want to say, at least two weeks because I just, uh, you can't do much when you got pneumonia there, guys. Um, so I, it was like, there was one day where the medication was working finally. And I could, I was like conscious for the first time. And for whatever reason, my reaction to being conscious for the first time was like, Hey, I want to watch three very complex films <laughs> back to back to back. So yeah, I watched all, I started, like I woke up at like eight or something like that got breakfast laid down i had had my laptop on, on my bed and just watched all three back to back to back took breaks in between for for bathroom and food and then just kept going i always just assume that your natural instinct for any given situation is lord of the rings extended edition on <laughs> josh is on his deathbed lord of the rings extended edition josh is on his honeymoon <laughs> lord of the rings extended edition birth of your first child Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. Like, tax season? Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. It's like ABC uh, Family with Harry Potter, which, hmm, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were you going to say, Josh? Really, like, I, I think that the, a box set of the uh, Lord of the Rings Extended Editions needs to be placed upon my coffin when I get buried. <laughs> I think that would be a great. In fact, I think whenever I eventually write a will, because I don't have anything worth putting in a will at this point, but it's going to be like, I want to be buried with a box set of Lord of the Rings instead, extended edition. Um, but also, you need to put, make sure to put in that will, put any of your protein shake stuff, because then we can say, where there's a will, there's a way. I hate you. And I love it. <laughs> yes, I purposely just drug that out just for that awful joke. But um, like we said, Josh looks for any excuse to do the Lord of the Rings extended edition. Like ABC Family, or Freeform, whatever we're calling it these days, looks for an excuse to have a Harry Potter marathon. That's like the running joke in my family is, and I've seen so many jokes about it online, is... President's Day weekend, Harry Potter weekend, back to school, Harry Potter weekend, 4th of July, Harry Potter weekend, tax season, Beetlejuice, um, 31 days of Halloween, Harry Potter, uh, 12 days of Christmas, that's got a snow scene, Harry Potter, it's just, okay, but in fairness, Harry Potter is very marathon worthy, now, I have never done it in one day primarily because that's just too much physical work it's, it, it, it's it, time wise impossible it, it's not impossible i think it's like 22 hours but <laughs> come on people now i have done it over the span of a week of like each night watch one of the movies whether it's leading up to the release of a new one or just because um like my family and i like to go through movies in series like my parents right now are going through the bond movies um i guess to get ready for no time to die or just because they haven't seen them in a while but we would do that with harry potter too of like oh we watched the first one last night now we gotta go through the rest of them just because we watched one movie we gotta watch all of them which is never a problem with me i'm always down for movie marathons um 
I'm going to guess because I kind of know Josh's feelings on Harry Potter. Josh, have you ever marathoned Harry Potter before? No, I have not. I got a couple other ones that I'm sure you have never marathoned, but we'll, we'll talk about those later. Um, um, and I want to, to be known that, okay, I should rephrase because I have never intent. I should say I should have never intentionally marathoned. <laughs> One of those, like I ended up hanging out with somebody and they were like, Hey, I'm in, I'm on source. I'm on uh order of Phoenix, which is my favorite. Um, what? That uh, wait. One and Goblet of Fire. Let's, I love Goblet of Fire. Let's get Goblet some. Goblet of Fire because it's got dragons. Yo, I'm, yo, I'm gonna need some explanation on this one. Order of the what? Phoenix is your yeah. favorite. And the, Goblet of Fire. The fifth one. Those the the one with one. Dolores Umbridge, Freddy Krueger in female form. Yeah. Re- okay. Why? I'm just, I'm not saying that judgmental. I'm I'm genuinely clear, curious because a lot of the Potter community, myself included. We freaking hate that one so much. That's fair. Primarily because we had to suffer through the book first. Name a better villain than Dolores Umbridge. Moriarty. Nah, no nah, from no from the Harry Potter series. Oh, um, you can't, you can't. She is the literally the most despicable human being in that entire series, and she makes you hate her whole much and she does it in one movie she, you don't need to be scared of her for eight movies Voldemort find a nose but that, that's the thing your main villain should be the scariest not some character that's only going to be there in one movie also I like when villains get their comeuppets um, which also kind of left me a little unfulfilled when Voldemort just kind of got Thanos away which is an odd coincidence that he looks suspicious like he got dusted years before Endgame would come out um, but I never thought Umbridge got her her just desserts. She just gets carried away by centaurs. Um, I agree with you in Goblet of Fire entirely. That one's probably my second favorite. I'm really partial yeah. to the last one, just because it it's, was cool to see everything come together. It's basically just a two-hour fight scene. Um, yeah. I cause, Okay, so here's the weird thing, too. Um, Goblet of Fire was my first one that I ever saw. I did not see the, first, the all of them leading up to that. Like, Makes sense. I, when Goblet of Fire came out on DVD, somebody was like, hey, let's watch Harry Potter. I was like, oh, that's weird. I've never seen Harry Potter. What? Here's Goblet of Fire, which I don't know why they started me on that one, but I'm glad they did because I think if I would have seen started with uh, Chamber of Secrets, I would have just not watched. See, I know a lot of people that when I get older don't like Chamber of Secrets, and I still I don't mind it. It's really not that bad. I like it. Now, I will say... I think you like Goblet of Fire because it's got our boy Arbats in it. No, it's because dragons. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Josh likes Josh likes some dragons. Everybody likes dragons. Everybody runs faster with a knife. Um, Josh, I got a couple more, but before we get into those, what are what are some of your like go to? I got a marathon these, and do you have a particular order when you go into? Oh, Josh is prepping. Josh is prepping, guys. Right. Okay, Uh-oh. so. I need a jar. Um, how to train your dragon. Gosh dang it. Gosh dang it. <laughs> how to train your dragon and Kung Fu Panda, bro, are two of the easiest show uh, movies to marathon because... Which both, coincidentally, ended up getting shows. Mm, see? Okay. I'm, I'm just that good. I just dabbed on camera and I'm sad about that. <laughs> yes, I wasn't going to point it out, but... 
Um, <laughs> Guys, we have an almost thirty-year-old man dabbing on camera. Let's just let's just take him away. Okay, but we won't talk about the fact that I do it when I sneeze intentionally, <laughs> and I make sure I make eye contact with people before I do it. <laughs> See, the dab already looks like you're sneezing, though. So then it's okay if you are actually it's sneezing. Too. <laughs> just get to how to train your kung fu panda. Oh, man. Okay, but, like, here's the thing about How to Train Your Dragon and Kung Fu Panda. Unlike maybe what some people could perceive in Lord of the Rings and um, Harry Potter, is they're much more family movies, I I, I can say. I mean, I I, I would think you can do, say, family movie with Harry Potter-ish, but definitely not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Don't show your six-year-old child Lord of the Rings, guys. There's my, literally people getting beheaded. My axe <laughs> is in his nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, meat's back on the menu, boys. Like, you know, as funny as it would be for, oh, now I just want it to happen. I want a six-year-old to be at the cafeteria at school, and they give them meatloaf, and this little tidy monster of a human just goes, meat's back on the menu, boys. Uh, oh man but how to train your dragon and kung fu panda are definitely more family friendly and if anything they're all three of them in both series are are like solid movies i I definitely think i have a favorite when it comes to which kung fu panda movie i like more but i personally don't think i could pick out which one of the how to train your dragons i like more i definitely think i prefer two more but, like, one and three are still solid. Which one do you prefer for Kung Fu Panda? <sighs> I go two. I, that's tough. Because I really like, I like one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, three is okay. I mean, it's good, but it's like, eh. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely two. Two is Oh, two. I feel like as a franchise, Kung Fu Panda is just kind of underrated because, like, I don't think people wanted it to do well because it's like it's Jack Black as a panda. If it was in live action form, he'd still have the role. Um, <laughs> which, think about, yeah, yeah, he he still would. Um, but like, you you know, I've talked about it before. Every single trailer for Kung Fu Panda is hot garbage, and then the movie comes out. And they're so good. Um, but they also come out on a time that, like, as much as we like How to Train Your Dragon, I think a lot of the attention goes to How to Train Your Dragon instead of Kung Fu Panda. Because it's, like, the... Mm-hmm. It's the more award-worthy, like, look at the spectacle of the animation style. That's not to say anything about Kung Fu Panda, who I think has brilliant animation. And honestly, no joke, some of the best fight choreography in a kid's movie, like the attention to detail in their fights are outstanding. But I feel like a lot of the attention always goes to how to train your dragon or contemporaries like toy story or something like that. Whereas Kung Fu Panda fully deserves some of the love and affection that we give it. Yes. Uh, yeah, but it's, it Kung Fu Panda. I would, I would agree. doesn't get the attention that it deserves. Um, Jack Black is incredible. Honestly, the whole cast is incredible in it. Um, yeah, dude, it's hard. It's hard to beat too. The and like and that's what's t- tough is when you say that How to Train Your Dragon has more has is like a bigger 
scale and has such great spectacle. And but then I think of just alone the scene uh, where they first meet um, the Emperor, the Emperor Peacock, um, in two, where you kind of get this giant scope of what these what kind of world you're living in both story-wise and like physically and there's so much beautiful choreography the music hits perfectly i I just i don't know man it's it's hard to sit here and say that kung fu panda doesn't do the same if not some things better than how to train your dragon and that's weird coming from me because i love me somehow to train your dragon yes yes you do just be thankful, y'all, that there's only one Iron Giant, so I can't have it. I can't include it in the discussion. But, oh, wait, I did just casually slip it in there, too, because it's like yin and yang. Josh mentions How to Train Your Dragon. I had to mention Iron Giant. That's just, thus is the circle of it life. It's just how it is. Yeah. So I have a potentially, I'm not going to say controversial, Oh, but interesting pick resident evil one of my favorite marathons and i'm interested to hear your thoughts i'm gonna say toy story but i'm only gonna say up till three so i would do all four primarily because i'm a completionist but also i like four i know a lot of people are just like it should have stopped at three i think one through three are excellent I think if you look at four as an epilogue, it's really, really good. Um, I, I get that. I, don't, don't, don't hear me. I think I see. I think I see what more. you're going for, though. I think yeah. you're going for the complete like one through three is its own thing, and four is kind of its ancillary thing. So you just don't include it. Yeah. I, I think I, I get that. Yeah, like you said, it's an epilogue more than anything else. And I like you. I like. I enjoyed the crap out of three out of four, but. And maybe this is more of a nostalgia for me, but Andy and I graduated high school the same year, basically. Like, it's it, it was hard to not have an emotional emotional connection to three. Of and course. The fact, that, uh, the fact that Andy's story stopped or was completed and started anew in a specific way, in a way that my life stopped and started anew in the same way so it's very hard for me to while i love four if i'm sitting here gonna i'm like i'm gonna watch all three all all the toy stories to not be like get to the end of three and be like i'm good i think i'm okay now i think if we're putting it in terms it's kind of like watching spider-man four is like not watching toy story four is kind of like watching far from home after endgame like you've just had this big cathartic and then you have something that's just kind of, yeah, that was, that's a good follow-up, but I can, Josh, yeah. I know I've said this a thousand times, but I completely get what you're saying when you, when you say you connected with something with Toy Story 3, because Toy Story, more than anything else, is my franchise and my baby, because for those, like, two or three people that haven't been paying attention to us on the podcast, Toy Story was my first ever movie in the theaters, ever. So, like, Toy Story 3 hit me real hard, and anything Toy Story will hit me hard. Like, no joke, I'm saying this with complete sincerity, I like Toy Story 4. I just about teared up at the beginning just by having the clouds and the classic um, 
music because I was just like, it's this comfort food for me of like just slip into it and go, this is this is the happy place. This is great. Now, um, this is really, really oddly specific, but Disney Plus, if you could in the next couple of years, I know you've got like the 4K versions and whatever else. If you could have different versions so that way I could go back and watch Toy Story in the regular 4 by 3 aspect ratio with a tiny bit of grain and film burns in the corner like I would watch them on my old VHS. I'm not going to lie. I kind of would watch the crap out of those and not just... I like watching them in 4K, yeah. but if I could watch them in old school 4x3 and the old, like I'm watching them on the box with the old school, come to Disney World vacation commercials at the beginning of the VHS. So like a two oh, little, with the two brothers sitting on the suitcase, like, yeah. oh, that would, that's, that would be my heart right there. But Josh, have you ever actually marathoned all the Toy Story movies? Yes. You I have? have? Okay. I, yeah. Um, I have two. There was a... There was a spring break in college that I... Yeah. Spring break! Spring break! Toy Story Marathon uh, for spring break! Yeah, that was my spring break. I, I think... Which, um, that sounds like a perfect spring break. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was great. I, I ended up going with... I think it was a girlfriend at the time. And we got stuck at, the, at her parents' house or something like that. And I was like, well, they have all three on dvd why not so like we just watched them like spent the day i mean that's really only like six hours give or take yeah it's easier than lord of the rings yeah you want to do a lord of the rings marathon you could better block off at least two days yeah one day for the movie one day for recovery um yes (laughs) um so one marathon that i have done actually very recently when um it was like full-on quarantine um, so Heather and I decided one of the days that we both were home, let's marathon, uh, like one of the only major franchises that she had seen before we started dating her. I've introduced her to a whole bunch of movies, but one of the movies that she actually had seen because everyone has seen these movies, but I never actually watched them back to back to back is the back to the future trilogy, which nice. that is like at least once in your life, you should marathon them because it feels like one long movie and it's storytelling of like the beginning, the second and the third act of a story. Cause yes, they more or less are all the same story, but they're interwoven so well. Like some things from the first one won't get paid off until the third one or things that are referenced in the second one will get paid off in the third one or things come full circle really, really well. Like I don't think they ever intended it for it to be a trilogy, but it's the most cohesive trilogy I've ever seen. It's not my favorite trilogy, but in terms of storytelling, I think it's the most cohesive one of things being paid off from earlier, um, story threads being tied together really, really well. The only issue is, you know, the recastings of several major characters, some of which led to lawsuits. Look up the Crispin Glover thing of Back to the Future 2. It's super weird, super interesting. Um, but Josh... Have you ever marathon Back to the Future? Is and also, why do I feel like Back to the Future is one of the franchises that you don't care about? Because I don't care for the first one. I just like, okay, seen it. okay. I'm also going to say something controversial. I think I, the second one's the best. See, and see, I haven't seen the second one because I don't care for the first one. So, like, it to, to me, it was like it was very much like. Well, I didn't like the first one. Why would this get any better? 
which is so weird that I of all people would say that, but I've never seen, and I've never seen the third, second, second or third one. So it's yeah. So I've never marathoned them. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the man that likes Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> but dude, okay. On that note, you you can't get any better than Buster Rhyme going Happy Halloween, mother ever. Like yes, you yes, you can. So Literally, almost any other Halloween movie that doesn't have Rob Zombie involved somehow. Although, I will say Resurrection is at least better than Halloween 6, which segues me perfectly into my next marathon, a Halloween marathon, and go, of buddy. course I, I have marathon. This, but I knew you were going to say it. So, what I love about the Halloween marathon is, and yes, I've done it, and I've done several different types. So, the nice thing about having a Halloween marathon, specifically the franchise, not just Halloween, the holiday-themed marathon, um, is since there are so many of them, and it the franchise has retconned itself so many times. You can marathon the Halloween movies however you want, like a choose-your-own-adventure story. <laughs> like, if you like Laurie Strode, you can watch either one, two, uh, and H2O. You don't like the direction of that, kind of ending up like a Scream movie? Well, then just watch Halloween 1 and then Halloween 2018. Don't care about Laurie Strode that much? Well, then watch one, Four and then five for the Jamie Lloyd trilogy. Or you like something weirder or more mystical? Watch four, five, and six for the Thorn trilogy. Or you like something more grungy and edgy? Watch the Rob Zombie ones. Rob Zombie 20, 2007 and 2009. It's just this weird, like, this, there's a Halloween movie for everybody. It's a choose your own timeline of, okay, don't like this choice? Go this way. Don't like this choice? Go that way. You like this choice? Go this way. Um, and I've done several. I've done the Halloween marathon. I've watched one, two, and H2O in the same day. I've done um, one and 2018. Um, I've also done just the regular um, one, two, three, four in the same day. Granted, three is its own separate thing, so it's not in a lot of people's marathons, but I like three a lot, and I think it's my most underrated Halloween movie ever. Halloween movie ever made. Um, you can marathon them just one through H2O if you want. It's all across the board from Halloween. Yeah. But also, I still say it's my favorite Halloween franchise of all time. Like, just Halloween the genre. Um, and they're never the best except for the first Halloween. That's a masterpiece and you can't convince me otherwise. Um, they're just good. There's so many different ways to marathon them. Now, Josh... Yeah. Have you marathoned any of the Halloween movies? And if so, how? I'm going to go with all of them, all the ones that you said, because you and I did a lot of those. Yeah, we did. So outside of the watching the first one, watching one, and then watching 2018. And that's simply because I don't have a copy of the first one. I don't, and I don't think it's on the voodoo. No, I have. Um, So it will be. So. Um, I have a 4K version of uh, Halloween, but it was just the disc. It doesn't come with the digital. However, next month, they're releasing a limited edition Steelbook 4K of the original Halloween. And I'm I'm snatching that up. You know I'm getting that, and that probably has the digital right, copy with all that. Right, all right. Um, I'm down. Also, they're doing a box set of, the, uh, of all the Friday the 13th movies in one big set with some un- never-before-seen footage and, like, extra gore and stuff. I'm like, I already have Friday the 13th box set. I kind of really want this too. 
Like, yeah, because that so sounds great. The nature of the choose your own adventure is something that I'm going to kind of piggyback on for my next two marathons. Um, Christopher Nolan is a infamous mm. director, and I think easily you would have no problem. They've not connected in any way, but just doing a marathon of his films outside of the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. Just doing um, stuff like like Interstellar, Inception. Um, I would throw uh, the Prestige and Memento in there. Like you can, there's you can just watch his films, and it's a great time. I mean, you, there's so much varying in genre and storytelling in there that I think you you wouldn't get bored. Yeah, um, I have actually been watching them. Um, leading up to Tenet, I still haven't seen Tenet yet, but, um, and I, I might still wait a while just because their reviews aren't spectacular, which makes you think I can at least wait a few weeks because it, it's going to be in theaters. It doesn't have competition for a while. Um, but I will say though, uh, I've been watching a lot of Nolan movies. I, I would think the franchise that I've marathoned the most actually is the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, yeah. because of the excitement that I have for Dark Knight Rises, but also I think the length of the Dark Knight trilogy is like the perfect length for a modest marathon. It doesn't get yeah. to the lengths of Lord of the Rings, but it's also not too short either. I remember in college, um, uh, I had a friend of ours that I went over to his apartment and we just watched the Dark Knight trilogy in one sitting. And that was, that was probably a good chunk of the day, but it didn't take up the entire day. Like, yeah. I think that that's a good, healthy balance. Like, it's long, but not too long. I know you won't do that, though, because that means you have to ri- watch Rises again. Um, but I think that's we, the best way to watch Rises yeah. is because it ties. You just watched Batman Begins not too long ago. And if you skip Dark Knight, which in what good earth would you ever skip the Dark Knight? If you watch Batman Begins back to back with Dark Knight Rises, I think that makes Rises better. Because Rises is more of a sequel to Batman Begins than it is The Dark Knight. Yeah. I I have accepted the fact, uh, especially after watching Force Awakens, you know, outside of that the hype bub- bubble, that maybe it might be time for me to revisit some of these movies that I greatly dislike. Um, just to kind of give them a second chance. Uh, Rises is definitely on that list. Civil War? Um, no, I've seen that outside of the hype bubble. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've literally had angry discussions with people at like at work or whatever job I was at w- about that, and they're like, "Yeah, but there, there's all these cool scenes." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're not connected. It doesn't matter." Oh, anyway, um, I, don't get me started on Civil War, um, but. And I completely forgot how, what my point was because now I'm still I'm just you're gonna re- <laughs> you're gonna revisit movies that you hated in the past. Yeah. Well, I I think there there's potential in the f- near future for me to revisit the trilogy. I mean, I haven't seen Batman Begins or Dark Knight in a long time, and it might be time to go hit him back. If you do watch it from the voodoo, because yours truly, because I can never have enough copies of the Dark Knight, went ahead and bought the 4K versions of the trilogy not too long ago. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah, uh, I'm totally down for that. But I think Nolan has a diverse enough uh, collection of movies that you'd be able to also like 
to hit if you really want just mind bending stuff start off with prestige hit up into inception and then go straight into it in a interstellar like that's just like compounding amounts of mind bend i still kind of hope that someday christopher nolan will do a horror movie like a psychological thriller and just mm-hmm. that would be perfect for me because um, oh, memento is very much a a psychological horror in some way it's not it's not the best no i don't like memento i think memento is really overrated of it either i applaud it for its attempt to do something different with a story especially at least at that time um but yeah it's i I, i'm with you i I need a I, i need a legitimate horror movie from nolan at some point yeah. Um, so we talk about Nolan and a little bit with his Dark Knight trilogy. On the flip side, I have my only superhero marathon. So the MCU has a lot of avenues, even more so than like Halloween, of choose your own adventure. Choose your own marathon when it comes to the MCU. You could be an absolute crazy person and try and watch from Iron Man to Far From Home, but you're nuts if you do that. That is way too many. So if I was to marathon, I've done half of this marathon one sitting. I'm determined I'm going to do this full marathon someday. If I was to marathon anything in the MCU, I would marathon all the Avengers movies in one sitting. Go from the Avengers to Age of Ultron to Infinity War to Endgame. I think that's doable to do in one sitting. Yeah. I've done Infinity War and Endgame back to back, but watch all four. Because um, what I always think is amazing is if you are just one of the, like, really casual movie people and don't keep up with all the Marvel movies. Like you haven't seen everything, but you watch the Avengers. I think you don't really lose anything. If you just watch the Avengers movies, watch those as a series because almost all the major players are introduced in Avengers movies like Scarlet Witch and vision end up being big characters down the road. We meet them in age of Ultron. Um, if I was to marathon anything in the MCU, it would be the Avengers stuff. I think that's doable. Four movies, granted one of them's three hours, but four movies in a row is a lot more manageable than, what, 21 movies of varying degrees of quality. At least with this one, there's only one eh movie, and that's Age of Ultron. Um, oh, John? Yeah? Yeah? What, what? Do you think there's another eh movie in those Avengers movies, Josh? Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not Avengers Civil War, right? No, it's Captain America. America Yeah, it's Captain America Civil War. Okay, then yeah, yeah, Age of Ultron's the only one that's like, eh. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not the Age of Ultron, it's the week of Ultron. Which somebody suggested, and uh, I forget who it was, maybe Nando V movies, um, but they had this great thing of the easiest way to fix Age of Ultron is just have Ultron somehow connected to Thanos. That's it. Uh, Because... The big thing with Age of Ultron, at least for me, one of many, is it just kind of feels like it's just the we're just delaying until Thanos shows up. Like it doesn't have it, it doesn't really have a greater impact on anything else. It's just, well, we needed the Avengers to face something, so it's just kind of here. Yeah, I can I can see that, and I I I have trouble forgiving it for what it did to Quicksilver. Um. Not that I had any like real emotional connection to Quicksilver, but to basically, I mean, 
I didn't want Clint to die, but like they built it so well that I would have been very emotionally impacted if he had. True. Um, and then they just kind of like got rid of Quicksilver. I was like, so okay. And then them never explaining Scarlet Witch's powers yet. really bothers me. Yet we have. I think we will though in the future. I don't like yet. I don't like to do homework for movies. No, I no. She's going to be a big part of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and the WandaVision series. I think we haven't cool. gotten the best of her yet. That's cool. <laughs> Josh has some, like, guys. Josh has some issues with Marvel stuff. I have so many issues with Marvel stuff. I and you know what? I know I'm in the minority, and I'm okay with that. I just don't like don't just throw stuff up on a screen and expect me to enjoy it says the man that likes never back down too don't start with me because my boy michael j white is in that just, one and i really love it i like michael j white too but he picked some terrible movies to be in and you know it michael j white also known as mr five dollar movie oh. bin no, 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 hold on, hold on. Your defense on my enjoyment of good storytelling is to throw in a series that is not known for its storytelling. The first one is good. The first one is decent. It's just more or less Karate Kid in 2010, which, okay, creepy, creepy thing would never back down. Heather and I watched it maybe about a year ago, shortly after we moved into our apartment that we're currently in. He moves into our apartment complex. No way. He does. Like, for sure he does. I'm like, wait, that building looks... Ah! That's our building! And, like, he moves into our floor, too. And I'm I'm not going to say where it is, but I'm like, wait, that looks suspiciously like our building. Or, like, when he gets in that fight in the street, I'm like, I know exactly where that street is. Oh, this isn't creepy at all. But no, the first one's fine. The rest of them are not quality storytelling, dude. Like, okay, we're going to have one of our guys turn heel in the last 10 minutes because we didn't properly set up an antagonist for the rest of the group to face. (laughs) All right. So since I'm actually happy that you brought up Never Back Down because... Do you binge that? Just stop. Let me talk. I Talk? talk Let me talk to you. I... (laughs) Um, uh, it's no secret i can't even stop laughing at the the stupid accent (laughs) um it's no secret that i i love jet lee okay i'm just stop i can see you laughing and i need you to stop because i can't focus Um, (laughs) take it Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so I love Jet Lee, and I think I have done this marathon before. Um, doing his late nineties, early two thousands movies as a marathon. Oh, that's so, not where I thought you were going with that at all. Oh no, 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 no! Really? Where'd you think I was going? I thought you were going to go with the Ip Man movies. Oh, they're good. But it's Jet Li I'm talking about. My my. Dude. Oh, that that's Donnie Yen. Which that's Donnie Yen. Um, did I have a whole another marathon with him? <laughs> like, which did 
the Ip Man movies just end, or are they still going to keep going? Because was the fourth one the last one, or are they still going? I, I, I think the fourth is the last, but Donnie going to do what Donnie going to do. So um, Yeah, he was in Donnie Rogue One. Make another uh. one. Donnie will make another one, because he's crazy like that. True. Um, but, so, like, the Jet Lee movies I would include would be uh, Kiss of the Dragon, which if you haven't seen Kiss of the Dragon, it's fantastic. Um, Unleashed, which is very, it's so 90s, it hurts. Um, uh, much like The One, which also has my other favorite buddy, Jason Statham, in it. Um, Don't watch The One, people. Die. Uh, but I think if you if you watch only one of his early, uh, his late 2000s, early 2000s movies, Fearless would needs to be it. Um, it's about the British incursion of China. And they have a martial arts tournament, which is, it's such a martial arts movie. Um, they have a martial arts tournament to see whose martial arts is better, you know, Britain or China. And, but it's, it's v- a very beautifully filmed movie and the choreography is stunning. And it's Jet Li. I love, I love Jet Li. Although I will, I will speak for the general population. If you're marathoning Jet Li movies. You can skip the one. Although, watch the last five minutes, because that's, like, the one good thing about it. No! Don't skip the one! No one talks about the one for a reason. It's the one no no one talks about. No, 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 listen. Listen to me, okay? Listen to me. I'm gonna make a case. I'm gonna make a case for the one. Because they have P.O.D. at the end? If you're willing to watch other 90s schlock, why are you not willing to watch the one? Because it is has some of the weirdest, most and like funny things that happen in in it. So, I mean, and where else are you going to see Jet Li versus Jet Li? In my nightmares. (laughs) But that last scene is super cool. And like the opening scene with the mouse exploding is hilarious. Okay. You can still defend this movie, but we have you on record stating that this is not a good movie. Because remember, in our good scene in bad in our good scene in bad movies episode, we both had the one on our lists busted. <laughs> oh no. no! No 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 no! I'm not saying it's a good movie, but like to me, it depends on. It's like watching Halloween Resurrection. I'm having a good time. Is it a trash film? Absolutely. But yeah. I'm having a good time. <laughs> That's true. It's like it's like a family reunion where everyone's yelling at each other, but you're just sitting back having uh, you're just laughing at the chaos and you're like, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm enjoying my, my my time here. I've got one more. How many more you got, Josh? That's it, man. That's uh that's the only ones I could kind of come. Sweet. I definitely if we sat here and talked for like four hours which we're not going to do because i do need sleep at some point eh. um <laughs> and i got a movie to watch after this yeah. yeah what are you watching after this i'm gonna be watching the latest dc animated movie superman man of tomorrow in which case it's like oh boy, let's go. his new origin that's like the first animated movie since dc apocalypse uh justice league apocalypse war so granted the animation kind of looks like archer but i don't care uh it looks spectacular I- I can't wait. I don't see that as a bad thing. Nope. So, nope. Uh, my last one kind of can dovetail off of Josh's point of it is a combat series, and I for sure have marathon these before. My boy, Rocky Balboa. Oh 
yeah, I almost put these on here. So the question is then, if you do all six Rockies, ah, uh-uh, uh-uh. do you include the two creeds? Okay. First of all, as a Rocky fan, we all agree five doesn't exist. Five doesn't happen. Rocky Five is the scrub season nine of the Rocky world. <laughs> you know it's bad when Rocky, the sequels for Rocky, are never the highest of quality, but you know it's bad when we don't even want to acknowledge Five. We, I've shown Heather all the Rocky movies. She likes the Rocky movies. I've not shown her Five because Five is trash, and there's that's going to be a Five Good Things at some point because um, that's just... Rocky Five doesn't exist. So no, I don't watch the first six and then Creed. Um, it's weird. If I was to marathon the Rocky movies, I would do two separate marathons. I would go, and I have done this one. I would do Rocky one through four, and I for sure have done that marathon before. But then I would do another marathon of Rocky Balboa and Creed one and two. It's the two different phases of Rocky's life. The prime okay. Rocky okay. and the retirement slash twilight of Rocky's career. Does Apollo dies in three? Four. Or Rocky four. four. Okay. So you could do Rocky Balboa after Rocky four. Um, but I think it actually might work better with the Creed stuff. Um than with the originals, because then there's just this big, huge time gap. There's less of a time gap between Ro- Rocky Balboa, which might be a controversial opinion, but I don't care. Rocky Balboa is my favorite in the entire series, more so Man. than more so than the original, more so than Rocky Four, which is a cinematic masterpiece, which apparently is getting a new director's cut. Which um, all it's missing is Rocky, uh, Sylvester Stallone's going to take out the robot, which is probably a good thing because that robot doesn't hold up particularly well and as an adult you're looking at it with through lenses you're going Ey. I don't <laughs> I don't need to know about Polly's special friends which okay I don't know if I've ever said this officially on the record on any of our podcasts or videos but I have a conspiracy theory about Polly uh oh yeah that I think the movie actually proves my point the reason Polly is as horrible of a human being as he is is he's got war PTSD yeah, no, so I've seen that. I've seen somebody say, like... That's probably me. Scenes. So, in the scene, in the very first Rocky movie, uh, on Christmas, I think, when Rocky and Adrian are just hanging out and Paulie goes insane and starts swinging the baseball bat around, um, and there's just a couple other scenes at Adrian and Paulie's house, there's a picture of him when he's clearly younger in a naval suit or some form of uniform. So that makes me think, okay... Maybe he has seen some stuff in war that's really messed him up, or he has some traumatic experiences. That would make a whole lot more sense than he's just some jerk. They never call attention to it, but I think that subtle stuff in the background makes me go, okay, that explains things a little bit more, uh, and also would explain why he's had such a hard time finding work, too. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I... I they, I feel, I can't confirm this because I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like they touch on it in Balboa. Mm. I want to, I, 
maybe. Or maybe it's in Creed. I don't remember. Well, he's dead in Creed. No, I know, because I, I think he's... It's in... It might be in one of the scenes where he's visiting both of their graves. He might have touched on... I, Again, I've watched so much, like... Like, not conspiracy theories, but, like, explaining... Alex you know, Jones. Like, Alex yeah. Jones videos. Yeah, no, no, no. But, like, more like... Uh, just explaining like, Hey, you might, maybe this is what is going on with this character kind of stuff. Mm. Um, that maybe I've just imagined it, but that, that it's actually in there that they say it, but it's the hints and the, the signs are definitely there. So, uh, that brings it back to the main discussion. Have you marathon Rocky? And if so, how did you marathon Rocky? Um, <laughs> I, Marathon. The last time I did it was one, two, Balboa and Creed. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. I just I, I didn't feel a need to go past two for some reason. I I mean I've seen them all, but last time I marathoned it, it was one, two, Balboa, and then the Creed movie, and then I went and saw Creed two in theaters. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick, and then I'll probably do the same. If you had to rank all the Rocky movies from best to worst, um, how would you do it? Balboa, one, two, four. Wait, including Creeds? Yes, including Creeds. Oh, uh, crap. Uh, I'll, I'll tag in for a second so you can think about it. Because I yeah. think I think I know it. Um, I'll go Balboa, Rocky Four, because it knows exactly what it is, and it's America. Um, Rocky, Creed Two. I like Creed Two more than Creed One. Then Creed, then Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Rocky Five. It's like the Moneyball meme. There's fifty feet of crap. And then there's Rocky Five. I think that's okay. Okay, yeah, I definitely. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go Balboa, uh, Rocky, three, four, two. No, 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 no. I was gonna no, no, say no, no, no. you put three really, really highly. I. Mm, you like I'm, three? I'm sorry. I don't mind it. I. I that's what I'm. I'm trying to. Because I really like the Creed movies. Like, I really... I almost want to do Balboa, Rocky, Creed 1, Creed 2. Um, I personally... I, I, I liked Creed 1 a little bit more. I think I got hooked on that long first shot uh, in Mexico. Really got me. Um, and then I think the other three can just kind of... Outside of five being the last one, I could give or take three or four really i think four is definitely better than yeah. three i think it's three is primarily because he should have beat clubber lang the first time and also we spend way too much time with the whole kogan thing i'm going this is yes. odd but i wouldn't i wouldn't put them above the creed movies is oh heck point. no heck no exactly so like they can kind of do their own thing in the bottom like bottom down there above five because five is terrible indeed well, what do you guys think? What are some of your all-time favorite movies to marathon? Let us know in the comments below. I always like hearing from you guys. And don't forget, next week, 
we'll be going live. So be, feel free to join us on Facebook at Uncharted Media. Uh, we'll be streaming it there. You can always watch it uh, whenever you want. After it's done, it'll still be there. But as always, it'll still be on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.